Thanks for joining me. This is the Jazz Matters Podcast. I'm Darren Harper, and if you're keeping count, this is episode six. All previous episodes can still be accessed from jazzmatters.net or via your favourite podcast platform, so please make sure you check them out. We're also very excited to have become part of the Jazz Bites Radio family. The Jazz Matters podcast now goes out three times a week across the Jazz Bites network, allowing us to reach even more people with the stories we tell. For more information on our Jazz Bites showtimes or the rest of their brilliant jazz program, head over to jazzbitesradio.com. In this episode, we have something slightly different for you. We take a step away from looking at artists and performers to look at another area of the jazz community, and we tell the story of jazz journalist, author and critic Sammy Stein. As a well-known name in jazz internationally, we find out how Sammy came to be writing about jazz. We hear some of the highlights from her career and talk about her upcoming projects, including the impending release of her new book, Celebrating Women in Jazz. Sammy is a self-confessed lover of free-form jazz, so to kick things off in this episode at Sammy's request, this is Mats Gustafsson's Fire with The Hands. <laughs> Thank you. 
Sammy Stein was a bit of a latecomer to jazz by many people's standards, although music has always played a big part in her life. Growing up, she was surrounded by a lot of classical music at home and sang as part of the Savoy Opera. She also played the oboe and clarinet, and while she had a true love for music, she was never as keen on performing, not really being a fan of the spotlight. As she grew up and she started to play with bands, she found being part of a team was a much more comfortable experience. Her music taste broadened from classical music onto an array of punk bands and artists like Ian Dury and the Blockheads and Nina Hagen. As real life kicked in and Sammy had to start making decisions about what she was going to do with her life, for a time she actually drifted away from music altogether. And it was only much later that Sammy moved to London and a jazz-loving friend dragged her along to the Camden Jazz Festival. This, without a doubt, sowed a seed and was the start of an interesting and winding journey. I wasn't looking forward to it, but I was totally blown away by some of the acts. And then a bit later I went and saw Aka Bilk and Kenny Ball and I had a certain view of jazz, I guess a lot of people have, but seriously, seeing them play live was so different from the material that I'd heard recorded. Having gotten a taste for jazz and live jazz music, Sammy was convinced by the same friend to visit the Hampstead Community Jazz Club, where she met a wonderful group of jazz enthusiasts and when they encouraged her to join in, Sammy thought she had the perfect excuse. After all, she hadn't taken her clarinet with her. But they were having none of it and pointed out that as long as you have your voice, you always have an instrument. So I found myself singing, but also learning more about the harmonics of jazz. And I was really nervous singing and I wasn't very good or I didn't think I was very good, but they were just so encouraging. And we really kind of talked about the, the harmonics of the music and we formed an offshoot of about 15 of us. And we would just go along to this massive council flat in Belsize Park. And we did um, Sade songs, lots of jazz standards and a bit of free music lots of free music eventually. <laughs> I love the people and the music and the more I found out, the more I liked it. As much as Sammy enjoyed this time playing, talking and learning about jazz, eventually life got in the way again. Having earned a botany degree, she was focusing very much on that aspect of her life. She wrote books and gave lectures in that field and it was many years before, strangely enough, her love of the blockheads brought her back to jazz and kick-started a life of writing about it. I saw the Blockheads for the first time. I got talking with their sax player as was, a chap called Davy Payne, and after a time, to cut a long story short, we talked about free jazz and we ended up writing a piece on the People Band, which is a free jazz combo that he's been part of for decades and 
I thought, okay, because I'd written magazine articles on various subjects, and I thought, okay, I'll try, you know, I'll just get one piece published on music, because that's what I was getting really passionate about. And London Jazz News took the piece and published it. And as I said, I always assumed it would just be the one piece. But then I got a contact and then a phone call from the editor of All About Jazz. And he asked me to write for them. Um, He said he really liked the way that I'd approached it. And at the time, I didn't know many musicians, obviously. Certainly not that were into jazz. So I asked Davey if he'd write with me again, and he did. And we, we did several pieces in the end. Through her work writing about jazz for a variety of publications, including All About Jazz and Something Else Reviews, Sammy got to meet and get to know a wide range of musicians from around the world. In particular was a big article she wrote on the history of free jazz, which required her to reach out to a whole range of people and has also been my experience with this project. She found the jazz community to be extremely supportive and generous with their time. And through this work, things started to snowball. I contacted and got really incredible responses from uh, brilliant musicians. So Peter Broadsman, Max Gustafsson, John Edwards, people like that, Gilad Atzmon. Um, And it it just kind of snowballed. Once I got to know them, then I combine going gigs with my work in London, so about eight times a year I, I get these little wonderful set times when I'm doing plant work but I'm also going to gigs in the evenings and meeting all these amazing men and women. Um, and soon, anyway, long story short, I found I was writing for several columns on all kinds of things uh, to do with music, mainly jazz. And I also found that I was getting a choice over who and what I wrote about, which was, for me, was just amazing. So, the writing I did before and my love for jazz music have collided in a great way, and it seems to be a good thing on all sides. Anyone who follows Sammy's work or is just tuned into her social media cannot help but notice the fact that she is a relentless champion of the emerging artist. She never seems to feel a need to follow the crowd in terms of deciding which artists should be showcased and celebrated, very much making up her own mind and working hard to get these people the attention that they deserve. Sammy has recently recorded a show for Jazz Bites Radio called New Discoveries, created entirely to shine the spotlight on artists who Sammy firmly believes the world needs to hear more from. It was through the kind support of Jazz Bites that in 2017, Sammy was able to go one step further and stage the London Jazz Platform, a mini festival showcasing some amazing new talent. Basically, they understood that I had found these amazing acts that were playing and wanted to kind of showcase them and I did a radio show for them and mentioned it and the next thing I knew I had sponsorship so I could pay these people a decent day's wage and um, we could put on this festival and it was just an incredible experience. I'm always finding new people 
and I'm so lucky that I'm now in the position that if I really feel passionate about a particular act I can quite often get them showcased and I, I love that it's just such a nice thing to be part of In addition to a vast number of published articles and reviews and radio work with Jazz Bites Radio and BBC Three Music, a side of her work which Sammy was surprised to find she particularly enjoyed, 2017 saw the publication of her first major book on jazz, All That's Jazz. Whilst writing the book, Sammy had to reach out again and once again was overwhelmed by the love, support and generosity she received from all around the world. So many people were happy to send in bits of information and photographs up to and including the White House who gave Sammy permission to use the copy of the speech Barack Obama gave in celebration of National Jazz Day. Once this book was released, Sammy set off travelling for the best part of a year across South America and into New Orleans, meeting up with so many people and experiencing the very best that the birthplace of jazz has to offer. It was during this time travelling that the inspiration came for her new book, set for release in 2019. The book is entitled Women in Jazz. When I was in South America, I had curated some radio shows from there. And one series was called Women in Jazz. And apparently, um, for that series, the listening figures really spiked. So there was such an interest out there, I realised. And when researching for numbers on the show, um, obviously I learned a lot about the female performers and realised how much they went through in the past. So it kind of got me wondering have things changed so when I came back to the UK last August I contacted a few publishers and uh, incredibly I ended up with a choice of three uh, to commission this book and I went with 8th House because I felt they had a global presence and I guess I'm ready for a global presence Um, and so here we are with the book in progress and almost finished So the aim of the book is to give women in jazz a voice. And again, it's not just the singers and musicians, although there are a lot of them in the book, but musicians, those working behind the scenes, radio hosts, writers, photographers and more. And it's like a big conversation. And why am I saying that? It's because it feels like, as a society, we've made massive progress in terms of women being treated equally. We've had female prime ministers astronauts, engineers, scientists, I mean, even the first female conductor of last night at the proms, presidential candidates, you name it, women are there. Jazz is maybe a little bit behind still. And it wasn't until I really got talking to women in the business, and there's over 40 in the book, that I understood how some things really haven't changed um, in many areas for women in jazz. So it's important to give people a voice. And to be fair, I've got a few men in the book as well. One from a label that supports women musicians, one from a festival which does the same, and a major producer um, with his thoughts on things. 
Um, for me, the book's been a real journey too, as I've met so many incredible and in- interesting women. Up until now, the majority of my con- contacts were men, but now I've just as many women, which is lovely. You're listening to the Jazz Matters podcast at jazzmatters.net. So whilst I'm eagerly awaiting the release of Sammy's new book, I couldn't help but mull over her comments on how jazz may be lacking behind in terms of equality for women. There's no doubt that there has always been a significant list of female superstar vocalists over the decades, but the fact is it would probably take a reasonable jazz fan to be able to compile a list anywhere near as long of female musicians and band leaders. But are things changing? For somebody who spends her life championing those just coming into the world of jazz, is Sammy excited by what she's seeing? And what I love at the moment is how many young people, men and women, are coming into jazz. So a couple of years or so ago, I covered a gig at Cafe Otto for BBC Three. The band were in their 60s at least and very freeform. But what struck me and, and, and my sound man actually immediately was the audience was packed full of young people. The same was true when I went and saw Hugh Masekela, the lovely Hugh Masekela, and then Wayne Shorter and Gilad Axmon. Anyway, the gig I was covering meant I got to interview some of the crowd for the radio and I asked some of the young people about their interest. Some of them were there for the first time and absolutely loved it. Others told me that jazz for them was just different from the predictable fodder they got and they loved it. Further afield, there are just so many young people in jazz at the moment, from Leo Pellegrino who stole the jazz proms a year back with his performance of Monin, and artists like Kosi from the US and Arima Ariga from Spain. There are so many, and there are a few who've been around for a while that people are discovering, not just single artists, but groups like Wildcard, The Near Jazz Experience, Mark Wade, and so many more. So as Sammy enters the final stages of writing her new book, After all the conversations and the travels and the stories and the friendships, what has she taken out of the experience more than anything else? I think mind meeting with people like Terry Lynn Carrington, Mimi Fox, people like Faye Patton, Kim Seifer, Wendy Kirkland, Anthea Redmond, oh, just so many more. I've met and spoken with women across generations and with so many different experiences. It's been such a learning curve. It's also really humbling because you have that absolute trust to select what you use. You know, some have told me some incredibly personal things and trust that I won't abuse their faith in me or, or twist things. They're giving me the green light to present their words. So the book really has turned out to be like a huge conversation. Imagine all those incredible performers and supporters of the jazz industry sat round a massive table. They all have opinions on each topic. They all chip in. It's completely wonderful being a part of something like this. And I found 
things out too. I mean, I didn't know that 33 jazz records, for example, was set up to support women. I found out that things still happen in jazz that need to be talked about. It's an ongoing journey, however, and it won't stop once the book is published. I'm sure the many people who have contributed to Sammy's work over the years would join me in describing her as a truly fascinating woman. She has a clear and undying passion for what she does and seeks no attention for herself, choosing to put all her efforts into showcasing others. In fact, this episode nearly didn't happen for that very reason, but I'm so glad I managed to convince her that she had a story people would want to hear. My only regret is the 30-minute format of our show, as there simply isn't time to share all the wonderful stories and anecdotes that Sammy took the time to share with me. But who knows, maybe we'll get a chance to revisit them in the future. Actor Martin Mull once said, Writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Well, if that is the case, Sammy Stein has choreographed a mighty fine ballet, and people are returning to watch it time and time again. But with books, radio shows and jazz festivals already on her CV, what does the future hold? Something told me Sammy Stein wouldn't be short on ideas. Um, I have a few things I'm doing and some I'd like to do. We're talking already about another book following this one um, on a slightly different tack. Um, But also I'd, I'd just love to do more radio. One thing I've discovered about myself is that arranging a programme and putting it together is one of the most enjoyable things to do and the feedback is wonderful if you get it right. (laughs) But I think jazz is such a positive place to be right now. The energy coming out of the music is huge and the sheer power in the music is really impressive. There are new festivals popping up all over the place and the young people are making it cool and interesting. Suddenly they've got young people to go and see and the interest seems to have come from nowhere. Maybe some people are just fed up with the mundanity of commercial music. Who knows? But I know the music's really interesting. And that's the other thing about jazz. It's it's always changing, veering slightly away from the expected and that's also wonderful.
Sammy's other musical selection there, finishing this episode, Albert Isler's Summertime. Well, we're over time, so we need to say farewell. A huge thank you to Sammy for her time and her constant support for the Jazz Matters project. It's such a shame we weren't able to include all of Sammy's wonderful stories and anecdotes in this short episode. There were so many people that Sammy said inspired and encouraged her over the years, so we think it's only fair those people get a mention too. You'll find a list of all the people Sammy wanted to mention in this episode in the show notes, so please take a look, check them out and support their work. We have some more remarkable guests lined up in the coming weeks, so make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your favourite podcast platform. Or better still, head over to jazzmatters.net and sign up to our mailing list. But until next time, thank you and goodbye.